Hey there. In this episode, I'm going to talk about how I record videos that require almost zero editing. Because let's be honest, if I had to edit all of my own videos, I would never make a single one. But before we dive in, welcome to BSing with Brandy, where my mission is to help you figure shit out and get shit done. I'm your host, Brandy Good, and today I'm loving fuzzy socks warm sun despite the cold, and of course, Star Wars. So, no edit videos. I spent a lot of time figuring this out because I knew it would be worth it in the end. I'm going to explain exactly how I do it, and then you can copy me or tweak what I'm doing to suit you best. Here are some of the common reasons you might need to edit. I know I certainly do all of these things at any given time. So you might have a false start, losing your voice or needing to cough or needing a drink break, uh, other unexpected noise interruptions like your phone ringing, um, your partner calling out for you, a loud TV, et cetera, et cetera. Orienting yourself after hitting the record button, uh, fumbling for the stop or pause button when you're done, losing your place, flubbing a line, and filler word bad habits. So let's talk about how I have tried to solve these. So let's start with the false start. So the way I do this is to warm up my voice before I hit record. So have a warm drink or a throat lozenge, uh, say the first 30 seconds, of whatever you're talking about in your video just as practice. So I go hoarse very, very easily. And especially as I'm getting older, I've noticed it's getting worse. And then of course, seasonally it gets worse. So this is a really, really critical one for me. Next is needing a break. So obviously warming up will help with this, but I combine that with making short videos whenever possible. So I've loved, I've learned to love the 10 minute mark. Almost all of the videos I make for my online courses these days and, and to some extent tutorials too when possible are around 10 minutes, which is typically what I can handle before my throat starts to tickle. Now there are times when I'm not able to keep it to 10 minutes. So I've got a trick for that too. If I know a video is going to be longer than 10 minutes, I make sure the recorder I'm using has a pause button and that if possible, my mouse cursor is hovering over that pause button the entire time. So I can easily pause when needed. If you've seen a video from me that was longer than 10 minutes, chances are very, very good that I pause that thing at least 10 times while recording. So what recording tools also have a pause button? Uh, Zoom has it, Loom has it, Monosnap has it, and also BigView, just to name a few. There's certainly more, but those are the ones that I know of and that I recommend for recording. So what about the unplanned breaks that you may need to make? So interruptions, like warming up. This one, again, is also about preparation, but it's more just be prepared for something to happen. So 
find a quiet place when you're recording. Don't forget to turn the ringer off on your phone. Uh, if you have notifications on your computer, turn them off if that's where you're recording. If you have to, um, pile blankets and pillows against doors and windows to muffle sound or try to record when no one else is home. Now, if that's not possible, especially with our current global situation, uh, tell other people in your home that you're recording. Ask them to keep the noise to a minimum. Tell them like I'm recording, you know, for the next 30 minutes. So just in the next 30 minutes, if you can just please be as quiet as possible, that would be awesome. And then after that, they can make as much noise as they want. Sometimes interruptions just happen though and you can't control them. So if this is an ongoing concern for you, then you definitely need that pause button at the ready with your finger on your mouse. Next is fumbling. There are a few tricks to avoid your start stop fumbling um, to be caught on camera. Now it gets more complicated the more you're doing with your video. And what I mean by that is if you're just speaking to the camera, that's pretty straightforward versus your face is on camera and you're also screen sharing at the same time, there's more things going on, it gets a bit more complicated. So if I'm just speaking to the camera, I'll position my mouse cursor so that it stays on the, you know, start, stop, pause button. And I can grab my mouse and click without looking away from the camera. So I don't have to go hunting for that button if I need to pause. Sometimes with screen sharing or presenting, this isn't possible because of course you're having to click around to start your screen share. In these instances, an idea could be to learn the keyboard shortcuts for start, stop, and pause and memorize them so you can control your recording without having to worry about your mouse and you can just stay looking at the camera and just have your fingers on your keyboard. Of course, this also relies on the fact that uh, you know where all the keys on your keyboard are. So you have some, some good typing skills. A bonus tip, uh, using keyboard shortcuts to control your recording comes in really, really handy if you don't want the video controls to be included in your recording because some programs, if you're just recording your screen, it will include those record recording controls. Some don't, um, but that is definitely a possibility you need to think about. So what recording tools have keyboard shortcuts for pausing, starting, stopping that you can hide? Uh, so the ones that I know of for sure, Zoom, Loom, and Monosnap. Now the next, the next uh, thing you might come across is losing your place. Now for me, this happens for two reasons. So I might lose my place because I haven't thought through what I wanted to say or made good enough notes. And so I kind of start to hesitate or lose my train of thought or something like that. The second reason is that my notes are far enough away from the camera that I lose my place glancing back and forth. If you are losing your place, the first solution might be that you need to make more detailed notes or review or practice them before you record. So I have a confession to make. I hear over and over again that fully scripting out your videos and reading them makes you come off as robotic. 
But guess what? This podcast, all, almost all of my podcasts, all of my course videos are pretty much fully scripted because if I don't do it this way, I tend to fumble around from topic to topic. I use a lot of uhs and ums. Uh, even for topics that I am familiar with, I'm just not a great off-the-cuff speaker. If I had to play some sort of like uh, improvisational game, I would fail so hard. So I've just had to come to peace with that. I work on my thoughts best in writing, and that's my prep that gives me confidence. But what if you have notes and still keep getting lost? So you want to keep your notes as close to the camera as possible. Even if you have to glance over, it's still only a little tiny bit. Now, this could mean having the notes on your screen at the top near your webcam, which is usually what I do. I'll have them written in a document or a note section, and then I'll resize the window to be small and put it at the top center of my screen so that it's just below the camera. And then I'll have my hand on my mouse to scroll as I talk. If you don't wanna be your own teleprompter, just sign up for some sort of teleprompter app or service. There are plenty that are desktop based or on your phone where you can paste in your notes, hit start, and then it will scroll for you. So then you would just have to have your phone say on a tripod propped up near your camera. So big view is a really amazing option if you want a recording tool that also includes the teleprompt feature. If you just need the teleprompter, um, just go to your app store and search for teleprompter and there'll be lots of solutions in there for you. The next thing you might come across is flubbing. And if you were paying attention, I flubbed on like the fourth or fifth sentence of this podcast. <laughs> so for me, this was just a thing I needed to get over. The perfectionist in me would stop in the past, would stop every single time I flubbed a word. But really, if, if you were giving a presentation to a live audience and you flubbed a line or a word, you wouldn't start over again. Um, you just correct yourself and simply move on. So that's what I do now, unless it's a really, really big flub that is going to cause confusion for the viewer or the listener. So if I flub shortly after starting, uh, I might just start over. If it's too far into the video and the rest of the video was really awesome up until that point, then I just have to live with the fact that, okay, I'm going to have to do a small edit on this video. And so sometimes you have to do that. And because I'm able to avoid most other editing, these few kind of like exceptions that pop up where I do need to edit, I can live with it because it really is the exception rather than the rule. And the last thing that might come up for you, certainly does for me, are filler words, AKA bad habits when speaking. <laughs> So this is certainly something that can be fixed with purposeful practice or signing up for something like Toastmasters. Now, I have friends who have done Toastmasters and they tell me about what happens. And while it is obviously effective, it sounds like a nightmare to me. <laughs> so if you're in the same boat, here's how I improved 
my speaking habits without having to go through something really um, regimented like that. Now, as painful as it is, listen back to your recordings so that you are aware of what your vocal habits and tics are. It is much easier to stop saying filler words when you know which ones are kind of the bane of your existence, because there are some obviously common ones, but not everyone is the same. We all have our own little unique things that we do. So just try to figure out which one is yours or which ones are yours. Um, because if you're like me, you have more than one bad habit. Now, while filler words can be a bad habit, I find they come out most and are most noticeable when I'm, I'm unsure of what I need to say next. If you think the most amazing speakers in the world don't use filler words, you are wrong. It's just that they are so confident and so conversational when speaking that you don't notice them because they just come off as a natural part of their speech. So this is why I make very detailed notes because that helps my confidence come across. And as a bonus, if I'm following a script, I'm much less likely to say my filler words because I purposefully don't write them when I'm scripting stuff out. I've also learned, and this has come with time and experience, to be conversational even when I'm recording to no one but my camera or my microphone. This makes the filler words blend in a little bit more. Now, what happens if you do need to make some edits? Because like I said, sometimes it's inevitable. So here are a few simple ones that I'm willing to do because they only take a few minutes and they um, aren't always happening all the time. So trim the very beginning and the very end. So pretty much every video tool will have a trim feature. So if you fumble to start or stop recording or you like to hit record and then look at your video, um, maybe just make sure the lighting is right, do something with your hair, whatever it is, uh, you probably wanna trim those off, right? So all you have to do is just cut out the first, you know, 10 or so seconds and the same thing at the end. I use QuickTime for this because that's just the default video editing program on my computer. Um, and so I just open up my video and do it. If I need to edit out a lot of filler words or um, long pauses or silence, I'll use a tool called Descript. It has a whole bunch of things it can do. Um, so, but, but for the editing purposes, what it does is it transcribes your video and then you can edit based on the transcript. So you don't have to scroll through the little sound bar and find, try, like, try to figure out what you have to edit. So here's an example of what I might do with it. I would go into the transcript. I would tell it to search for all of the times where I said, um, <laughs> and it would find them, I could review them. And then I could delete them one at a time or I could hit delete all. And it will actually not just delete them from the transcript, it's also deleting them from the video at the same time. It makes video editing so much easier. Oh my God, it was a game changer. And you can do the same thing to shorten silences. Or if you know you flubbed a certain word, you just search for that word 
and then you edit that piece out. It's an amazing tool with a lot of other helpful features. So if you do a lot of video and plan on doing a lot of editing, I would definitely recommend getting a paid subscription and using that as your main, your main editing tool. All of these things combined save me hours and hours of editing time. Because like I said, if I had to do a lot of editing for every single recording I make, I would, you know, making a video or even a podcast, it would be like a once a, a, once a year like event for me. So the fact that I save all that time means I can make more video and uh, get more content into your, your eyeballs and your ears. So that wraps up today's episode of BSing with Brandy. If you enjoyed this topic, you can find more like it at bsingwithbrandy.com. That's Brandy with an I, not with a Y. There you'll also find show notes and links to the resources that I talked about today. While you're there, feel free to subscribe to future episodes on the platform of your choice. And I wish you all the best getting shit done this week. Bye.